Craft Beer Radio, episode 308 on November 8th, 2014. Well, you know, probably one of the only songs I can remember that is about a guy with a stuttering problem who, or a girl with a stuttering problem who still manages to get the guy in the end. <laughs> Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Baby. <laughs> Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right. What was that? That was uh, 1960 something? That was 1974. The number one song this week was Bachman Turner Overdrive with You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. So, we are doing a flight of evil twin brewing. Yes, a brewery spotlight, if you will, which we haven't done in quite a while. No. Yeah, I went to House of a Thousand Beers, which is a beer store that's in the area. It's been around for quite a while, but it's not near places I travel. So, I've never made it there until today. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's really... Um, big selection you see a lot of beers you don't see in other places they go out to philly to get stuff and uh like so we got these evil twins which we normally don't get here there's a few places in town that do the same kind of thing we'll see i I noticed once i got them home here like the the two more delicate and hoppy beers are dated april so not the freshest of things let's see if they've suffered or not but i mean like the the this yin for instance that we're gonna be drinking later uh it was brewed apparently uh, December thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, these three bigger so beers. These guys. I'm not worried about the three yeah. bigger beers. I'm worried about these, uh, you know, two smaller, delicate beers. Yeah. These are all yeah, relatively old, but that's good. They're nice and big, yeah. and they should be. So, what kind of beer is this one? That is pale ale. Pale ale. Let's start with the pilsner, I guess. Yeah, I think that's probably best. So, the pilsner that we have is called. Now I have the wrong one. Low life. Low life. Okay, They're, all the names are very fanciful. So Evil Twin, we should mention, Evil Twin is the brother of the guy from McKellar. Yes. And that's presumably where he gets the name, although he's not evil in any sense that I know of. But he is a twin brother. He is a twin brother. And, you know, he's a brewer. Twins are all always evil in some weird way. They have some weird connection that <laughs> is mystifying and therefore evil. Got anything else on the beer? Well, let's see. <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to read the, the description because I think the description is interesting it's more of poetry I would yes. say a clever woman once said fair is foul and foul is fair on that note we threw in a young unacknowledged hoppy pilsner gave it a limp wrinkly flavor and finish it off with an insulting high price that will give you a foul feeling in your mouth that's why we name Evil Twin Brewing's low life the gold digger of beers <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it Pilsner style, brewed at Two Roads Brewing. These are all brewed all over the country. There are 10 different mm-hmm. breweries that the right. twin brews at. This one was brewed at Two Roads Brewing in uh, Connecticut. 5.5% alcohol, by the way. Okay, so they talked about sticking a high price on it. This one I paid $4.50 for a 12-ounce bottle. That's, the, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's, that's pretty good for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's not absurd. And compared to some of the beers I bought brought home tonight... Price isn't bad. That's definitely a lager. You can smell the mm-hmm. uh, the Pilsner malt coming out. Very biscuity, uh, noble hop aroma. Hmm. 
Yeah, you get some uh, pretty pretty strong resiny aroma off of that. Right, might be zots, might be uh, something something similar. Yeah, it's kind of uh, an herbal, spicy grass type type aroma. I was worried when I first opened it when the hop aroma came out. It kind of hit me as if it was light struck. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm smelling it in the glass, I'm not really getting any light struck. I was no. worried with the beer being so old and it's always something sitting on the about, shelf that, that it had been light struck. But I'm not too worried about it now that I've got it in the glass. I'm, I'm wondering what, what they mean by a limp, wrinkly flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... My best guess, if I hadn't already smelled it, would be that maybe they put some breath in it or something, right? But it doesn't smell that. It doesn't smell like they did. They soured it in any way. If the yeast is giving me anything off of the nose, it's um, maybe even a slight, almost cloviness. Something kind of along those lines. A little. A little There's a fair amount of esters in it, yeah. too, though. It reminds me almost... I hate to say this, but when we were down in St. Louis, right, and we were drinking all those different beers, right, when we came off of some of the sub-premiums and we went to Fresh Budweiser, how estuary it was, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, you know, different. it's a whole different strain of yeast mm-hmm. involved, so it can do different things. Pistorius. Crisp bitter ends with um, it, it doesn't end particularly dry. Ends mm-hmm. uh, kind of juicy, actually. Yeah, kind of like. juicy, wet note, and, and a little bit of a, of a sort of a, that sucking on a hop cone after mm-hmm. taste, where you get the uh, strong resiny feeling. Yeah, it definitely has that American pilsner, yeah. um, American craft pilsner type style. Like where I'm thinking of something like Victory's Prima Pills, mm-hmm. Sly Fox Pills. You know where it's for a pilsner, it's almost imperially hopped, right? It's double hopped. It's not double alcohol, but it's like double hopped, right? It has this very saturated hop flavor. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go sucking on a cone, but it's even though it's not, even though it does taste like it's continental hops, which are more spicy, it's such a saturation that it almost feels citrus fruity. You know, yeah. you're almost getting something that's kind of like an orange or grapefruit, but not quite because the flavor is so saturated. Well, what I was thinking when I was sucking on a cone is not the thing you get while you're sucking on the cone. But then when you remove it from your mouth, there's a linger okay. that goes on. That mm-hmm. sort of lingering. But okay. That's what this Oh, you're right. This does have. Definitely. It, you're right. Right. It does kind of have that lingering. Um, like the, the lupulin like hooks in your tongue, mm-hmm. right? You kind of feel that gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> As a nice creamy mouthfeel, actually, and the the malt is is playing second fiddle here, but it it's got the nice biscuity. It has, it has chops. It's standing yeah. up, right? I mean, certainly the hops are the lead, but you know the the malt is a worthy back up to it you know it it's doing i think it's very well put together has a great balance to it has a uh, good balance to it it's enjoyable it's mm-hmm. quite enjoyable this is this is a pilsner that i would certainly say is not a lawnmower beer. It, it, it feels feels too um 
viscous, almost to be a yeah. or beer. No, I, I think never said this term before, but this is kind of a snifter pilsner. Yeah, you know, it kind of fits in the glass we're drinking it in. Mm-hmm. It's it's a slow drinker. It's not necessarily a thirst quencher. Not at all. But it's 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 About complex. Quenching as pa- as potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's complex. It it's full of. I guess I was just going to give another synonym for complex, so I'll just stop here. This is a flavor they call limp and wrinkly. Then I'm curious to see what they, what more superlative. I don't know. Limp and wrinkly puts a certain image in my mind. <laughs> oh, you know why they're talking about gold diggers, right? So that limp and wrinkly might just be. Play on. So, so sort of like the trophy wife goes for the limp and wrinkly. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it says they gave it a flavor, but again, I think we're worrying a little too much about the poetry on the side. Yeah. 5.5% ABV. Yeah, I, I'm fine with this because it's not marketing speak at all. It, it's poetry they wanted to put on the bottle, so that's mm-hmm. that's fine to me. It's the opposite of a factual description. Or a perceived factual description. Yeah. They mention what, what style it is. They give it some uh, some idea because it's hoppy. And, and some, some gist of the brewer's intention, right? right? Even if it's a goofy gist. Mm-hmm. All right, that was the... Low Life. Low Life. So, now that we've done that, we should probably move on to the paler options I guess we'll do the paleo comes in a fancy can so this is no it's not Falco this this is is hipster hipster perhaps you've heard of a worldwide beer movement that tributes favorite hipster neighborhoods across the globe if you feel excluded because you're hip but your city is not this cutting edge hip without border pale ale is homage to you the global hipster cheers <laughs> nice also brewed at two roads brewing five and five percent alcohol by volume american pale ale color is a eh, medium orange a little bit of straw color in there it's got a nice shaving cream head about a finger's worth so this label, ha- so the first label had a pinwheel of triangles yes. as the logo. This one also has Pinwheels a pinwheel of triangles. of triangles as the logo. It does not seem that that's necessarily no, a it does. core part of Actually, their logo. Actually, I think it is. Triangles is it? seem to oh, be... Oh, it's on the caps. It's under the price tags on the caps. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it seems to be, um, yeah, everything is made out of triangles. Okay. Or, you know, as they would say in the computer game industry that's it's polygons all right. yeah that's all your that's, How, is yours as cloudy as mine or did i get all the it's not quite as cloudy yeah. but it, okay so this one actually has some yeast in there i look into a can like there's gonna be any light in there to see the bottom let's <laughs> cut it open we no, have the tools I, not necessary we have the technology not necessary It definitely smells danker. 
more of your you know centennial style mm-hmm. hops. Yeah, there's definitely a an orange orange peel aroma coming off of this one. I think I should have poured mine a little more carefully. I think mine's a little muddy from how cloudy it is. Let me take a sniff off Greg's. Mm, maybe not. Yours doesn't isn't any much higher. No, definition. It's, it's just it, it's a very resiny smell. But like, but like I said, it, it smells more along the lines of a Centennial mm-hmm. hop than it does simply like a uh, Simcoe or something like that. It's pretty bright. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that comes to mind is that if the the Pilsner was was you know sort of a, a very resiny hop uh, and, and had a lot of oomph to it because of that, this is a, is a brighter hop that seems to be I don't know it seems to be elevating the flavor a bit. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to really get. Our perception on this. I mean, so what I'm getting so far is kind of an equally balanced pale ale with a fair amount of hops, right? Nothing is, no one thing is really standing out. And the thing that stands out to me is the balance, right? Where you get a dose of malt, you get a dose of hops. And I'm, I'm going to keep working on it to kind of get a little better resolution on it. I like your call of orange. I think that's definitely coming through. Sort of an orange, almost an orange cream with the maltiness put in there. The the malt is, you know, more along the lines of French bread. With a little bit of extra char on you. If you were to cook the French bread a little long, it made it a little, little dark. Okay. The hops are... You know, it doesn't have that, you know, scrot, that throat scratchy. Uh, did I say scrot? Scroaty. I think I did. <laughs> uh, the throat scratching that the, that the low life had. But it's it's very drinkable. It definitely has a lasting hot presence, but doesn't hasn't overwhelmed me yet. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I was trying to pull the beer too far back <laughs> to get more out of it and tickled my throat. This is nice. This is. I wonder if if the name is is just you know putting things into my head, but I <laughs> I can you know you can imagine hipsters drinking this beer, right? It, it's it's not offensive. Uh, in in but it's also good drinker. Yeah, I'm having a hard time drawing any real um, connection or allegiance with. With hipsters, I mean, I'm, I, just, I mean, hipsters. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I, I'm not too worried about that. As I drink it, the the hops are starting to shine through more. Right, I mean, the the fruit flavor, the oranges, the, the little pithiness is coming through more clearly. And oh uh, yeah, it's a pretty good drinker. It's a this tastes like a beer from four years ago. It doesn't have the some of the bells and whistles that we've seen on 
I, beers that are coming out more today. That major hot variety. Right, right. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Where there's no Nelson Savon, there's no Mosaic, there's right. no hops that only have numbers. I I don't mean I, that as necessarily a bad. No, thing. I, I I was kind of thinking the same thing several sips ago, where this one tastes kind of like uh, an old standby pale ale. Mm-hmm. But as I'm getting into it, I think there's certain things that elevated from that class right and and kind of what i'm i think that orangeness right is that you know that we've been talking about it's really the main thing i've been keying in on so far but i think it's really bright you know it's not kind of muddled in with the malt you know it kind of stands out more than you would expect from the the class of four years ago well i mean it it tastes like a very good beer from four years ago sure okay i I don't mean it to be insulting it it just it tastes it, it it the how do I put this? Craft beer is growing in leaps and bounds, and continually people are experimenting. Mm-hmm. This tastes, you know, sort of like it's weird that you can say four years ago is a throwback, <laughs> yeah, but you can. Right. Uh, yeah. And so this tastes like something that you know would, would have been an exceptional beer four years ago. It would have been like this is a really fantastic beer four years ago. Now um, it, it's playing in a different pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I guess. I don't know what more to say I can say about that to clarify. Right. I think I hear what you're saying. I mean, to to be specific, you know, it doesn't have what a lot of pale ales and IPAs have with those newer flavored hops, right? Mm-hmm. The ones with pineapples and blueberries and wine and, excuse me, and other sundry things. <laughs> and, you know, some, some newer grains, some newer yeast strains. You know, it, it, it feels... Very, very well controlled. Yeah, I, I think that it, the key, I mean, goes back to, I mean, probably the best way to, for me to say it is just it has a very good balance, right? There's nothing too, there's not very many sharp edges that are sticking out, right? Yeah. It has a very good polish to it. Yeah, I think that's well said. Okay, so... We have one more hoppy beer, then we get into the dark and multi well, One ones. more overtly hoppy beer, I guess yes. we could say. Yeah. We don't know about these. Good point. <clears throat> Falco, India Pale Ale. What makes a great leader, Jeff? Um, well, according to this description, first of all, a perfectly balanced blend of qualities, the ability to stand out, be authoritative without overpowering. Show courage and endurance. You will lead the way and set standards. Very important, be appealing and refreshing to the people. This stereotypical portrait applies whether referring to politics, religion, or maybe even this outstanding IPA. That was more marketing speaky than <laughs> usual. Come on, evil twin. Style American IPA brewed at Two Roads Brewing Company. Alcohol by volume 7%. This one pours... A more yellow, yeah, than than gold. Really, it's it's quite yellow. It's cloudy and very cloudy. And uh, I can see little particulates in there, mm-hmm. little bits of yeast floating in suspension. Doesn't have nearly as much of a head. Yep, the that's okay. Seven percent alcohol. I mean, mm-hmm. the aroma is is more resiny than what yeah. we've been getting. Uh, doesn't have the citrusy. Doesn't have the spicy. It's definitely more of a resiny type hop. Feels a little cold in my hands. I'm gonna warm it up. Okay. 
there was some beer story that was interesting that I'm trying to remember. But just saying that there was a beer story. <laughs> there was an interesting, there was an interesting beer, beer story. story that happened Go look this it up. Week. <laughs> Go Google it. <laughs> we got a message from uh, a brewery. We get several. <laughs> we get them all the time. But I, I was very interested because Sprecher Brewing Company is releasing their Uber Age Czar Brew and Commando. And that was the title of the mail. And I was like, Uber Age with the apron. To put in Uber the cars, cars and <laughs> put in the trunk, and <laughs> <laughs> we did get a, a tweet from um, I think it was tonight's beer is who had been recently going through all our archives, yeah. and we did have Tiny before. You were right. Um, he actually he actually gave me some face saving tips. He's like, they did change the label though, so I you know because I hadn't seen the boxer guy, that's what probably threw me more than anything. But I you know. I had recently gone through and, and, you know, put all those shows into the database. So I know I I had a feeling I knew that we'd done that or at least talked about it or something. I I have a vague recollection of of having it now that he reminded me. um, And the vague recollection was I recollect that I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked it last week. Last week was much better. That's always a good uh, sign, right? That is a good <laughs> sign. You know, we talked about Weyerbacher before and how they've they keep improving. And I, I think because of that I, I notice them around a lot more. Mm-hmm. I notice. Yeah, I mean, I think they're. I, I think they're. Me personally, I think they're. This is almost a, an ancient anecdote from from craft beer radio, right? I mean, in two thousand five to two thousand seven is when I first said that Weyerbacher was the most improved brewery. Saying it again in 2014 is is really drawing it out. I'm just saying I see them around more often mm-hmm. than I used to. Well, they have a local rep now, so he's you know hitting the streets, getting his stuff out there. So, yeah, they got Chris Dayton out here making sure Weyerbacher gets put on the shelves and on tap. So we have a steadily evolving malt profile, right? Because it went from the the sort of biscuity pills near to the French bread. Now, it almost smells like a bagel in terms of its malt, which is underneath the hops. I mean, I had to dig a little bit to find okay. it. So, it has a, so took a sip, first sip. It's going to take a few for my palate to really adjust and be able to dig into that beer. But it has kind of a melange of, of different hop flavors. Yeah, I was getting kind of resiny up front. What's that? That's what I'm talking about. See, this is a, a beer that, that seems like a beer. Of today? Of today. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, really, you kind of, and I'm not sure I remember all of them off the top of my head. I'm going to try to go through them here after another sip. But, you know, as you take the sip, you know, over like three or four seconds, you get three or four different flavors from the hops, right? It kind of takes you through this real quick progression. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you a good complexity and good depth of flavor. Yeah, I like I like it when a, when a beer does this, when a beer is um, confident enough to to throw out a couple different things at you and, and have them all really stick mm-hmm. very well. It is hard to to get in your head. Okay, what what am I trying to describe here? So let me try it again. Yeah, it, it goes by so quick, and 
My first impression, my, my main impression, once the sip is done, mm-hmm. interject if you don't want to lose something you're thinking about. Um, it's kind of reminding me of like a West Coast, a San Diego style IPA, something like from Green Flash or something like that, right? Has that general feel to it, kind of like a Green Flash West Coast IPA. But there's more than that. But that's the general feel that I get at the end. I'm getting some interesting flavors. A, a, a lot of flavors are bringing me towards towards melon. Uh, cantaloupe, maybe a little honeydew. Um, maybe even a little bit of watermelon. There's there's a lot of that, those melon-like sweet flavors that are going on here, and I think that's what I was smelling when I was smelling bagel. Bagel scent are sort of a sweeter bread, and the that sweetness comes through, and it helps because the hops are, are while they're there, I think they're, they're definitely present and they're sticking around. They're not interfering with that sweetness, and the sweetness is mm-hmm. is playing with the hops and giving them these these flavors that are, like I said, feel like they have a lot of sugary stuff behind. Yeah, them. I'm getting a few things. I'm getting maybe a, a passion fruit, a pomegranate, some marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really neat. The hops are really taking you through a journey here. It goes by quick, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, you, you get something for just an instant, and by, while you're thinking about what that is, it's already moved on to something else. Like, you're getting a different flavor on your palate. But it, it's very interesting in that it's not, you know, along those just plain old grapefruit and orangey lines. Mm-hmm. Really, it, right. it doesn't hit those citrus notes. It doesn't hit as many of the tropical notes as other things, too. It, it Like you said, I mean, it gets into some of that passion mm-hmm. fruit, but it doesn't go right. all the way into pineapple. Right. Um it it reminds me a little bit of dragon fruit. Even it has it has those just yeah. I mean, I just just mm-hmm. I just keep thinking melons. I mean, honey. Yeah, I can see life. the melons. I can see the melons. I didn't get anything close to marshmallow that time, so I don't know. I had it like a couple sips ago, but not anymore. What is marshmallow? What is marshmallow? It's probably more of a body thing than a flavor thing. Yeah. Uh, or at least how I identified it this time. Do you think what the flavor of marshmallow is? I guess it's mostly vanilla, right? I mean, I'm not sure. It's mallow from a marsh. <laughs> sure. Why not? That's where it originally is from. Mm-hmm. There's something in here that reminds me. It, it it's not a, it doesn't taste like a weeded beer, but there's something in here that reminds me of, of a weeded beer. Maybe it's just a flavor thing. I mean, uh, or a brightness factor. I'm not sure. You know, that's a that's an interesting point. You know, there. I just finished mine. I can't go back and double check, but there there might be some of that the play that you get from a weeded IPA, right? I think you might be onto something. There might be something in there that is kind of reminiscent of that. Greg's gonna be a sip of his. Yeah, I think the um, I think the body has to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't really give us any kind of grain bill or everyth- anything. We assumed it was cloudy because of yeast, but uh, there might be a bunch of some wheat in there. It's possible. So before we move on to the darker area of this podcast, let's join the dark side. Let's talk about the green area of this podcast. The green area. What's green and what do we love? 
money, 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 money. Anyway, we thank you very, thank you so much for supporting us. You continue to support us, and if you want to keep continuing to support us, buy your stuff at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yes. Yeah, so I was talking with somebody at work who thought they only had the quick. Th- oh no, that, that was Nick last week, yes. right? Where he thought he only had the quick link once ever, and everything he bought on Amazon was credited to us. Doesn't work that way. All you have to do is when you decide to start your shopping session, don't go to Amazon.com. Go to CraftBeerRadio.com/slash/Amazon, and then just continue shopping. If you add stuff to your cart, you can check out later, and you actually don't as long as you use the referral link prior to adding stuff to the cart. You're getting into session. complexing. Just yeah. go to CraftBeerRadio.com/slash/Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Every time. Every time. Or you might be thinking and you're supporting us and you're forgetting. <laughs> so. Yes, thank you, everybody, who has been supporting us. And if you want to hear about some of the more interesting items that have been purchased through our referral link, you can tune to the post show where we have Amazon Anonymous. All right, so what's next? All right, so we have an Imperial Porter, uh, Imperial Stout, and Barley Wine. (laughs) Should we go? I think we just spin the bottle. I don't think it really matters. Well, weirdly, if we go by alcohol, it goes like this, with a bar of wine in the middle. Um, Let's do the porter first. The porter before the stout. All right. That's that's what I would think is... All right, well, it's time for the little B. Is the stout lower than... Yes. Just just barely. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we'll do little little B. Little B. This is actually written in stanza, in a stanza, like a poem. So, mm-hmm. here we go. Shall one compare... The, oh, it's, <laughs> it's iambic pentameter. How interesting. Shall one compare thee to a fair veer? Not even this perfect porter before thou will... This is not iambic pentameter. It's just... <laughs> it started out that way. Yeah. <laughs> not even this perfect porter before thou will do thee justice. Thou art more complex, brave, and cunning. Thou have changed more than a brew will ever. Thou may be lil, but thy mind is greater than words can speak and beer will ever taste. This one was also brewed at... Uh, Two Roads, yes. In yes in Stratford, Connecticut. 11.5% alcohol by volume. It's a lot of alcohol by volumes on this sucker. Yandic pentameter. Did they turn the like, volume? Da, 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 da. It's the Shakespeare. Did they turn the volume up to eleven? Eleven point five, even higher. <laughs> All right. So oh, this okay. beer yeah. is it's opaque. <laughs> no highlight. Oh well, if you look through the bubbles at the very top, you get some toffee colors. But uh, calling that a highlight is stretching that, it a bit. But nada. Yeah, it, it, it's a dark tan head, and it smells almost like an old ale. <laughs> he smells yummy. That smells pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> all it's right. easy to fall into that sort of dark fruit. See, I'm not getting dark fruit at all. I'm getting things like... Well, I was going to say, I'm getting like pears, like deep dark pears, and I'm getting... Hmm. I was thinking vanilla, licorice, cocoa... Woody notes, so so I wasn't really anywhere near. Okay, fruits. you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Once you said this, I was like, "Yeah, all right." Click, <laughs> click, click. 
if there are fruity notes and they're really coming off of a, a kind of molasses mm-hmm. sort of maybe twang. some raisins Yeah, the more I smell now, it just it's just turning into wood. There's a slight smoky aroma mm-hmm. to it, um, different woody notes, something a little nutty, almost like um, oh, I have I'm imagining a nut. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, no, shoot. If it comes back to me, I'll talk about it. Oh, you know what the, you know what I'm thinking of maybe is the candied almonds. That's what I'm thinking of. You know, the almonds with the white candy mm. stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they actually put Brewers licorice in this beer, because that is deep. Oh. Oh, hello. <laughs> There's a lot of licorice coming off this one. Among other things. Yeah, I mean, so for me, the licorice is kind of get a little anisony zing, but it's really a third level flavor for me. It's not, it's not really the main things. The main things are this, this. How do I want to describe it? You can tell it is strong and alcoholic, but it doesn't taste boozy. Right. Right. It doesn't taste it, hot. Um. But it tastes. But it tastes like it's going to pack a wallop. Mm-hmm. It tastes very, it's very, it, it, it's very viscous, very kind of thick on the mouth. It, it has, <laughs> it's almost a, a very, that, that really deep past molasses, mm-hmm. cl- close to burning the sugar. Right, yeah. Flavor. Mm-hmm. With some bitter chocolate and a good deal of vanilla that I'm I'd really surprised this isn't I'm they don't say anything about it, but I'd be surprised if this wasn't a wood age in some way because it tastes it Yeah, tastes I don't know. Like it's got woody character to it. It does. They could have thrown just some planks well, it into it. It does not taste like it's a bourbon barrel age beer, no, right? No, it, it doesn't taste like, like that. Yeah, but it, tastes, it definitely has some woody notes to it. I probably shouldn't have poured a whole six ounces of this beer. I'm, I'm worried about the rest of the show at the moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have two more. I know. Plus, you know, 10 plus percent beers to go. Uh, so Only. It shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Famous last words right there. Next, next it'll be, hey, watch this. Should have brought my magic tricks to a drunk magic show. <laughs> Put it on YouTube. <laughs> this is a definite sipper, right? I mean, if you can't tell by what we've been mentioning, 11.5% really rich, deep flavors, really high in alcohol. What's the temperature uh, on this sucker? I want to. I think it needs to get a little bit. Yeah, I think warmer. it'll probably get pretty interesting if we open it up. I'm at 60. Yeah, sixty point zero. 
Yeah, this is the kind of beer. Yeah. This is the kind of beer. So we're going to pump some heat into this with our hands. We're wrapping our hands around our favorite beer glasses, these Spiegelau Snifter beer glasses, these tulip-shaped ones. And uh, you can really put the heat in. Sometimes that extra three or four degrees getting up to 65 does wonders. I, I think you're right. I think with this beer, it's going to give us... It's going to really open up. I mean, at the the only risk is it might turn boozy, right? Yes. So, but I do want to definitely taste it with a little more heat on it. And since it's a sipper, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So we've had an evil twin here and there on the show, right? But Yeah, I mean, it, they've been... I, I think we've had more McKellar than evil twin, Yeah, probably. Uh, I know that there are certainly more of our beer favorites that have ended up being the killer mm-hmm. yeah i mean the evil twins we've had i remember a couple of them being somewhat disappointing um not tonight though no um i grabbed some good ones and i am pleasantly relieved that you know some of these beers from april now the one that i think might have you know like the the ipa the uh, falco and mm-hmm. the low life you know Really, no complaints on yeah, age there. I well. wonder if the hipster might have been brighter and better fresh because this one was from May. It's possible, so. the, though. It being in a can means that a lot of oh. the problems are mitigated. Well, you're not going to get oxidation. You're not going to get light striking. You're still going to get hop fade. Yes. Right, and I think that one might be a f- fair amount different when it comes off the canning line. I don't. Know. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the other ones. I think the other ones were good drinking experiences. I think Hipster might have suffered a bit, but... I mean, again, Hipster was a was a very good beer mm-hmm. and something that I would, you know, I, I would not be opposed to grabbing a six-pack of now and then because I think it was a very good drinker as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it did have that part of it where it was... The, the, the beer quality seemed to be, like I said, of a different time, of a different ethos in the beer world than there is now. Six months ago, there was a different ethos. Yes. <laughs> right. This is true. All I mean, right. and, and we, we talked about the, the horrible beer ethos of pumpkin beers. <laughs> so it's not all, it's not all, you know, candy light. And- okay. I'm up to 71 degrees already. So I think it's time to move on drinking. Uh, speaking of, excuse me, speaking of pumpkin beers, uh, I saw, a tweet the other day it was uh giant eagle the grocery store here that you know has the the beer cafes right they um did a tweet about doing pumpkin beer bread so they made had a recipe for pumpkin beer bread and they had a bottle of pumpkin there i'm like finally a good use for pumpkin beer it just seems like why don't you just buy the spices and use that i, I don't understand why right however i did have a pumpkin beer up at a house of thousand beers tonight i had the um uh twisted pine is that the Sounds like yeah. The name of the brewery? I think so. The one in the one in Boulder. Um, I think it's Twisted Pine, but for some reason, little subconscious Jeff in the back of my head saying that's not quite right. Um, but they did a basically a pumpkin IPA, and it was a pretty good beer. Twisted Pine is a brewery. Yeah, yeah, that's it then. Um, pretty good beer. It was the uh, modern uh, pioneer or something like that. Had a goofy name, uh, like goofy. Looking at their lineup right now on the website. On, they have one of these slow Squarespace websites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, I 
I'm trying to remember, did we, when we were talking about pumpkin beers, did we kind of talk about the idea of like, why doesn't someone do a pumpkin IPA? Um, I'm sure it came up. Cause I got a, I think we might have, and I just forgot about it. Cause I got a tweet from the guy from house of thousand beers saying they just had tapped. This was a week ago. They had tapped the twisted pine and, uh, it was kind of like in inferring that someone has made it and here it is. So, you know, as luck had it, I went up there and had it today. And, and yeah, it was uh, so good beer. Probably one of the best pumpkin beers I've had of the year. Not as good as that pumpkin cider. No, that but, pumpkin cider was awesome. It, it, just, it just sucks. It, it's one of those things that doesn't appear, appear to be very yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Modern Day Pine Ear. Yeah, that's it. Wasn't super hoppy. Wasn't super pie. But it was it was a good beer. It was definitely leading, you know, it was definitely more pale ale than every other pumpkin beer. It's part of their artisan ale project. Okay. Everyone has a project these days. It's another another brewery thing. I think it's great because it it just means the brewers are going to be trying new things and Mm -hmm. they have sort of, they have a a line, they have, you know, an association for their standards and the stuff they're trying mm-hmm. right and sort of expected now. i think it's great right anything really different if anything it almost tastes smoother mm-hmm. it's, it's not really very different warmer it's yeah, just so i get maybe some of that astringency right from the porter it's kind of rounded out, which is kind of nice. I would have expected that to maybe get a little sharper with the heat, but also, you know, we've been swirled it and whatnot, so the carbonation's down, right? So it's it's not as um, solventy, you know, with the, the the bubbles on your tongue. The the woodiness has gone away a little bit, yeah. and I'm, yeah. you know, more focusing on sort of the licorice and, and molasses mm-hmm. character that's there. Right, I'm with you. It's a little hotter, a slight bit hotter. That's to be expected. We warmed it up, so the alcohol is going to be a little bit more present. It, it, like a lot of these high alcohol beers, especially the ones that are dark, there's a little taste of rum in there too. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see that, right? Especially since we're talking all about molasses flavors, right? Mm-hmm. If you have enough boozy flavors in there, along with molasses, it's going to be a little rummy. So, All right, this one definitely needs a glass rinse. It's, mm. it's very viscous, very coating the glass. That last sip was very good. Yeah. Look how dark the water. So, yeah. There was lots of like chocolate stuff coming off of that last sip. Mm-hmm. I diluted it by like probably like eight hundred to one, and the the <laughs> the color is still significant. All right, our next. I think beer. we should. I'm going to stick with the stout. Yeah, I'm with you. So this is a beer called Yin. It is one half of a black and tan drink. They have a uh, imperial pale ale called Yang. And they mix them together to make a black IPA called Yin and Yang. This is Yin. 
This is one half of a black and tan drink. Not just any black and tan, but the one where a toasted, smug, and happy fella get together to make a sublime beer balance. It's getting more and more. It's getting more and more marketing as I go on. I start to feel gross. Uh, <laughs> mix the yin and yang together or enjoy this profoundly evil imperial stout. So, well. Uh, the one brewed at two rows, 10% alcohol by volume, imperial stout. Well, I like profoundly evil imperial stouts. I, I saved some of the bottle here. You know, just give us a little little Breathing alcohol, room. alcohol yeah, sure. talk clearance. Yes, absolutely. Let, let, let's maintain our sobriety as much as possible. <laughs> Very dark again. This one does have more of what I might call, might forgivingly call highlights, but it's close. So it's interesting. I smell this one because coming off that last beer, which was such a malt bomb, I smell this one. It smells moderately hoppy. Um, and it's funny that you know that they brewed this to pair with the hoppy beer. I'm surprised how hoppy it's coming across. Yeah, that's that's true. The first thing I smelled was something that I thought might have been an off aroma, but it's it's hops. It was yeah, it's hops and chocolate malt, yeah. right? And that flavor that aroma can be kind of weird when you're not setting it in the right yeah. mindset right um so i can see why you first thought off flavor um because i mean to be honest chocolate malt and hops i don't like hoppy imperial stouts as much right i don't think those flavors are as ar- compatible as compatible yeah. right so i mean we'll see how it goes that was just the first sniff and we were coming off one of the maltiest beers ever right that was so pretty intense <laughs> so it just could it be a palate palate calibration thing an intense experience however i mean i want to be clear here not you know by by considerable margin not the best imperial porter i've ever had well it's I would say it's very unlike any other Imperial Porter. I yes. Think. It's not like a Baltic Porter at all. Yeah. And then, you know, the other Imperial Porters are pretty limited. You got Gonzo, you know, like an American double Porter. You know, you got Gonzo. Mm-hmm. You got this beer. I'm sure I'm forgetting a, a few, but, you know, it's not really a big style like Baltic Porter. Yeah, it. it, it I mean, it felt more like a a larger oak age stout to me than anything else, which is. Yeah. It's such a body. It, um, it almost had a body. Like there was some lactose in there. Yeah. You know, talking about, talking about little B still. Um, yeah, it's such a body to it. Look at that body. <laughs> All right. But, but we're not that drinking little B. There's a curve at the top and then it's straight down. the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at yin. At the moment. Yes. So on the front it says Imperial Taiji Stout. T-A-I-J-I. Yeah, I don't know what that no means. No idea either. what that means. T-A- Let me look it up. T-A-I-J-I. Stout. It's called Yin, so it might be have something to do with the whole... I don't even know what form of... <laughs> well... Taiji Stout just brings up Evil Twin, Evil Twin, Evil Twin, Evil Twin. So, but just search for Taiji. So it has tai- something to do with the the yin and the yang and the... Uh, taiji is a philosophy in Chinese. Okay. That's right. That's where I expect it to go. Um, Japan's annual dolphin slaughter begins at Taiji Cove. <laughs> the annual dolphin slaughter? Yeah. 
That sounds just like clubbing baby seals, right? 62 degrees on the Taiji. Let's slaughter some dolphins as we What is this the way. philosophy of Taiji? It's the Chinese cosmological term for the supreme ultimate state of undifferentiated absolute infinite potentiality. Contrasted with the Wuji, which is without ultimate. The state of undifferentiated absolute and infinite potentiality. I suppose you could say that it is an extraordinarily low entropy state that uh, can turn into anything based on <laughs> whether you put any, uh, it's a it's philosophy. What can you do? <laughs> Maybe it has, it has probably has more so to do with the potential of a hu- of a person, right? Something like that. No, I don't want to waste any more time on that. <laughs> we can talk about the post show. Post show, post show material, Taiji philosophy. We'll find someone on YouTube to explain it to us. Literally, great pole. Well, it is a great pole. <laughs> All right, so the aroma we haven't ta- I haven't taken a sip no, yet. The aroma doesn't seem as overtly hoppy as it did that first couple sniffs out of the bottle. Um, been warming it up here. If I may say so, this Twisted Pine Brewing still has not loaded their beers. <laughs> Squarespace.com. Use our referral code. Yes. Never signed up for a Squarespace one. Every other podcast has, though. Yeah. So just listen to another podcast and use their referral code for a Slow Balls website. Okay. Okay, so that 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 suffers from the flight the, order. It, it suffers from flight order, but there's that you know you mentioned it when you're talking about the aroma, the, the weird presence that chocolate, malt, and hoppiness have together. They don't quite fit, and it feels like these are two sides fighting each other. And where they're fighting in the middle, it's not deliciousness. Instead, it's more uh, overly acerbic and kind of like um, just kind of weird. I can't get that. I, it doesn't make sense because there's two sides. Mm-hmm. There's this, you know, this sort of chocolate surrounding, and there's a sort of hoppier in the middle, and then there's a center. Again, a visual. I'm doing the visual thing that I always do. In the center, it just feels like there's like a war happening, and it's just pure combat, and it's not appealing. Okay, so I'm getting a little bit different angle on it. Let's see. It has an impression that while not very close to Irish Stout, somewhat reminiscent of, of that kind of roastiness very dry uh, a little bit of bitterness in there you know bitter from the malts bitter from a little bit of hops right i'm getting a little bit of that and then it kind of goes into take another sip i kind of lost track of where i was headed what is that i recognize that what is that damn it and then it kind of goes to think how I want to put that. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's strawberry quick. <laughs> strawberry. Certain certain parts of strawberry quick. Yeah. Right. Certain parts of it. Not the huge artificial strawberry part, but like a bunch of the other parts. Right. The 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 sweetness in there mm-hmm. is is reminiscent the. No, it's tough for me because I don't think this one's very sweet. No, no, it's not. But the sweetness that is there is compelling me to think about strawberry milk mm. or strawberry, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know what that is. I don't know how much it's suffering because of little B. I, it just it doesn't feel Imperial Stout-like. It feels... Like a, on the high end it, of a normal style. It feels very conflicted about what's it, what, what it wants to be. It feels mm-hmm. like it's... You know what? It, <laughs> it feels like it's two parents who really probably should get divorced. <laughs> just constantly arguing with each other. And, you know, you look at them from afar and you're like, you know, they'd really be better off alone. Uh, but they're somehow, they're, they they keep making it work. Maybe it's for the kids. Maybe it's just for the tax benefits. Who knows? But they're, they're still sticking around, yelling at each other every day. But they somehow get through it. And they probably have amazing sex. <laughs> okay. And we still have another beer to go, folks. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to... I don't think I'm going to get anything new out of this. I'm just going to finish it up. Get onto the barley wine. I would, you know... In a perfect world, we would have had this one before the little bee. Can't really go back in time. So I don't know what I would have thought of it then. Okay, another quick rinse. And on to the final beer of the night. Quite uh, quite appropriately called Floridian Slip. Floridian Slip? Is that what you said? Freudian. Uh, it sounded like you said Florid- Floridian. <laughs> no, I did not say Floridian. But just me just talking about sex about with a beer, it just seems appropriate. Yeah, sex with a beer. <laughs> it's like that dolphin video I should <laughs> Post show, Greg. Post show. Post show. Hold off. Um, did you... Free slip. Did you also at some point in your life get seduced by promising words like probably not the best in the world, it doesn't really work every time, etc.? This American barley wine says it how it is. It's intense, attention-seeking, hoppy, and definitely your kind of beer. Beer with a big ego drive and a huge thirst for recognition. (sighs) Is it the ego or is it the id? That's my question. Or the superego. Well, superego is the the executive functioning, right? So it's really the superego. Well, superego is the, the, the part that tips above... That thinks it's in control, even though it's not really. Mm, okay. Uh, the it's also brewed. This is brewed in Westbrook Brewing Company, South Carolina. Ten point three percent alcohol. Westbrook. Westbrook. Westbrook's the guys that sent us the. <laughs> the yes, goza. The yes, Maybe they put a little goza in this. That'd be nice. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Westbrook, I don't know, I have a special place in my heart for them because they're the guys, you know, we just sent out emails asking for media samples and they replied back, we listened to you when we were homebrewers, you know, so, so yeah, props to Westbrook. Yeah, and because it, <laughs> it was awesome. At least one absolutely fantastic beer and a couple really good ones too. All right, so Greg is cupping this thing. Let's see, where are we at? We are at 61.3. If you're curious how we get the temperature, we haven't talked about this boy oh, in a that's, while. Oh, that's a good point. Right? We have an infrared thermometer here. It's uh, a newbie. Um you spell that? N-U-B-E-E. But if you go to Craft Beer Radio and click on the um, Craft Beer Radio store link there, we have a kind of an Amazon store of CBR approved items. And the newbies on there. We have our glassware that we like on there. So, you know, we have, I, I don't want to make this a second commercial. I'm just saying some listeners might not realize that we have this kind of like curated store yeah. of things we really like. The Xylus bottle stoppers, the glasses. The yeah. And I want to also point out that the stuff like the glasses, the newbie, 20 bucks we get maybe, if you use our link, we get maybe 30 cents. About six percent. Yeah. yeah. So nothing, nothing crazy. So we're not we're not doing this because make huge my money out of it. But you think well, it's cool all about volume. It's volume. It's all yes, about volume. 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 But no, these are these are really good tools to have, particularly when you want to you know when you just give yourself a little analysis. Have an answer. I mean, yeah. The an IR thermometer, one of these infrared guns, are so cheap these days that you really okay. should have one, even if you're not using it for testing your beer temperatures. For us, it's very useful because. You know, how else are we going to explain to you the temp? Like, how else are you and I going to, me and the listener, going to get the same scale of temperature right. if we don't use Fahrenheit, right? Or Celsius. And, uh, and have a quick and easy tool to, to represent that. For those who are curious, we are at. What? You just can't. 18, 20 degrees. Uh, 18.3 degrees Celsius. Multiply it by nine, divide it by five, subtract thirty-two. Done. Yeah, but you press a button here, and that does it all for you. <laughs> Haven't we learned in the age of computers and calculators that pressing a button is a lot easier than doing math in your head? It is. Freudian slip, barley wine. It smells pretty hoppy for a barley wine. They called it an American, right? Yeah. And and uh, you know my my love of barley wine is English, so when I come across an American, I generally age it. For several years, so the hops fade. <laughs> so it turns into an English <laughs> so, by so, default, yeah. right? Right. Uh, but you know, I don't hate. Like I don't have a. I won't rail against a fresh bigfoot or anything. It's just not my preference. Yeah, so. no, I agree with you because I think that the the more complex and interesting parts of, of a barley wine can sometimes be hidden by an overt hop presence, mm-hmm. and those complex, interesting parts are really the parts that we enjoy the most. So. If you're a big hop head, then you know it's just a it's a it's a hoppy, very um, it's a hoppy but relatively balanced sweet experience mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of alcohol and a lot of hops at once. However, if you're really into the distinctive pleasures that I think and you think barley wines can give you, then aging them or getting an English one is is more along your lines. That's a good show title: Distinctive Pleasures. <laughs> DPS. <laughs> <laughs> it is still fairly hoppy. 
The aroma, I wasn't getting too much hops in the aroma, but the aroma really wasn't that open for me. I wasn't getting too much. It wasn't a beer like the Little Bee, whereas you could just sit here and sniff and sniff yeah, and yeah. sniff and sniff. So I moved on to the flavor. And it'll probably take a couple calibration sips. First sip started out fairly hoppy. Then there was a nice malt character that came through later. So, you know, I think after a couple calibration sips, I'll be in a better place to, you know, appreciate appreciate the, the flavors coming off of this beer. It's definitely, well, it's definitely a barley wine. <laughs> There's no question about that from, from the flavor. It has... It has the kind of viscosity that barley wine has. It has the, the feel of a barley wine, which is a sweet without being molassesy or there's other, you know, some of the, the porter aspects. The closest is is sort of a toffee, but it's still it's not quite the same. It still is pretty hoppy. It still does have a, a, a pretty heavy hop uh, character to it. And it's not going away. Let me try another sip here. So this one was bottled on January 20th. I thought Google could like tell me how many days that's been. But my initial search didn't work. So I'm going to... I'm sure another search will work. But my first one didn't. So I give it... How many days since January 20th, 2014? Let's see if Siri does anything. i give you a wolfer. Sorry, Greg, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> easy math series. I know. This is what they want to sell us with it's Amazon with a little cylinder that does that. It just really easy math series. A computer can do that. Yeah. We should be able to press a button and do that. So it's a mystery. Nobody knows how Nobody many knows. days it's been since January twentieth. I can't tell you. <laughs> About three hundred. Well no, what we can do is we can say, okay, today is the 8th of November. Yes? Yeah. There are 30 days in November. Well, you could do the math, but you could do a little more general estimation. There's 365 in a year. We are about 50 days off the year. Take another 20, so 70 minus uh, about 290 days, right? Sure. Sounds about right. So, again, that's common core right there. You just mm-hmm. kind of guesstimate it, right? I'm sure that's within a reasonable margin mm-hmm. of error, the number of days. Yeah, this barley wine could use three years of aging at least before it really becomes something that I think you and I would both be like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is awesome. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, right? No. But it's 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 a hoppy barley wine. Well, part of, part of why we think it will age well is because there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. It's a hoppy barley wine. Hops kind of stand out a little bit, and the hops are not really descriptive in any particular way. Um, they're grapefruity, I would say. Grapefruity. I mean, my my native personal opinion of this is it's taking away from the delicious maltiness, right? <laughs> you know, that's how I, it hits me. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to sit it on the shelf and let those hops fall to the bottom of the bottle and disappear. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think this beer is hurt by its hoppiness. Some people love American barley wines. That's why they make them. We just don't have any of those people on the show. So, how can we get the word out? 
<laughs> we need to start a Twitter campaign. Hashtag no more hoppy barley wine. <laughs> and let's. Ju- I, I I don't think we need. To, it's a long show. We I don't think we need to spend any much more time on this beer. Do you? No. I don't Can we get on to so. the ranking? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's rank these mfers. All right. Uh, you know, just because it's a six beer show, fairly high alcohol. Instead of trying to build suspense and starting from the bottom, we're just going to start from the top, right? Easier. So, little B, right? Delicious. I mean, oh, good stuff. I mean, really deep and rich. You could tell it was high alcohol, but it wasn't boozy. Uh, I don't know what to say. I just thought it was really, it's a nice cold weather sipper. It's Mm. so good. Uh, For me, number Two, it's going to be the Falco. I think it had a really neat hop progression in the flavor there. You know, like Greg talked about hoppy beers from four years ago versus today. This one, while it wasn't like, hey, look at me, I'm using Mosaic. It was definitely a more inventive use of the hops, right? Sure. You know, it told more of a story. So that's what we mean by hops of today versus, hey, oh my God, look, I'm Mosaic. Look at me, I'm Mosaic. Look at me. <laughs> you know, that's that's not what it did. Um, I'm Mr. Mosaic. Look at me. <laughs> number three. I'm going to put the Pilsner. I really dug the pills, the low life. Um, I did too. Had a nice... Hobby saturation, you know, it was the spicy continental hops. You could tell it was your traditional Pilsner type hops, but hopped at crazy American levels, you know. And, um, yeah, it was quite good. And then the malts were a good backup to it. Number four. Getting a little tighter here. I'm going to do the hipster, number four. I kind of liked how that was a good drinker, had that orange flavor. I I think that a fresh one that wasn't bought canned in May might have a little more edge to it, might be a little bit more exciting. Uh, number five, so we're down to the Freudian slip and the yin. I think I'm going to have to put, I don't know, they're both kind of on the same level for me. Uh... I know it's like, I, I want to give an honest opinion, right? But I'm having a hard time figuring out which one I pref- had a preference for. Um, the beer you're drinking today. Yeah, no. Um, probably have a preference for the... Uh, I like them for different reasons, right? Sure. Put the Freudian slip four in the in five. Me and five and six. Five and six, yeah. Sorry. A little numerical slip there. All right, well, my uh, ranking is different than yours, but but oddly similar in many ways. My number one beer is actually going to be a low life. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought that was a fantastic way to start, really drinkable, but also at the same time, you know, had, had these qualities and made it very full and, and interesting. Uh not a lawnmower beer in any sense of the imagination. Uh, really nice drink, drinker. I love that low life. Good stuff. My number two is uh, just like Jeff. I'm going to put Falco number two. 
I really like an IPA that kind of explores this, these options of, yeah, well, hey, we'll play around and, and get some interesting stuff. The, the melon stuff I loved. I just loved the, mm-hmm. the sweetness there. Really, really cool stuff. Um, my number three is going to be Little B, Jeff's number one beer. Great. Just great. Um, really hard to call an Imperial Porter. I, I, it, it, it didn't yeah. feel like an Imperial Porter. But, you know, this, you know putting putting these styles on something is, is just a way to to uh, to associate them with other things. But it's because of that that I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's not really an Imperial Porter. It's more like a big milk stout, if anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I wasn't really... I'm, I'm not filling out a BGCB score sheet, right, right? right? So I'm not judging it per style. I'm judging it. In, I'm just, judging it per preference, right? Just to give people an so, idea, sure. who, you know, people who right. know the who know the styles. This is this is not your typical imperial porter. This is yeah. something more along the lines of, of, of a milk stout, if anything. If, if I was going to give it that qualification, uh, my number four. I, I'm going to go a little bit different direction. I think the yin is my number four. Um, I think it's just the taiji. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly can't exactly tell you. I can't articulate necessarily why. Like you said, the last three beers are, mm-hmm. are a little. It's a little harder to to come up with it. But I think I came up with uh, number four yin, number five hipster. Um, well, I liked hipster. I I just it, it felt. I don't know. It felt a little. Uh, a little hipstery, and <laughs> number six. It is what it is, man. <laughs> number six, the Freudian. Give it time, give it time, and it it, it could easily be a number one. Yeah, like I said, the Friday Freudian. Oh, we already talked about that. Never mind. I was going to mention the age, but I forgot we just talked about that extensively. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Are you, are you having trouble? Like no, it, no. I just didn't want to talk over the hook. Yeah, I just I, I didn't want like last week. Oh, I was so mad at Nick. I was like trying to like get him not to talk over the hook for the Shatner, <laughs> and he kept talking like shut up, shut up, Nick. Anyway, um, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, the best way for you to do that is via Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And we have a combined account at Craft Beer Radio. If you want to use email, that is our second preference of communication. Beer at craftbeerradio.com is how you use that technology. And uh, press the button. Press it, man. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, there. Uh. Oh. Baby, it's another thing yet. So, <laughs> who is this? This is the uh, the ponches. ponches. The ponches. It's kind of a nice cover. I like it. Yeah. So, listen to our post show for topics. We'll talk about more about Taiji. We'll talk about some stimulating conversation. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, if you oh, haven't heard it, you ain't seen nothing. Baby. Yet. Or heard you nothing. Ain't seen nothing yet. Baby. <laughs>